Alan, I think we were missing a mic, but you have one of those voices that carries. So if you're online and you couldn't hear it, I think it was written on there too. Uh, grace and peace and love. Um, as we begin this day, every time uh, God's word is proclaimed, we trust that God's spirit speaks some way to each of us individually and to a community, and we trust that to be so. Randy and I flew home from Chicago in early August, and we maneuvered the craziness of O'Hare Airport in a pandemic, clicking on each online waiver form to ensure mask usage and safety protocols. And surprisingly, we made it through security without issue. We boarded the plane, taxied to the runway, and waited to take off. And then the pilot spoke up. As a reminder, masks are required on this flight and every flight. I'm here to inform you that there is a passenger who is refusing to comply with this federal regulation. And so we will go back to the gate and escort this passenger off the plane if they continue to disregard this federal requirement. The plane hushed and all I could hear was angry white noise. It was hot and humid and the air conditioner would not kick on until the engines started. I could feel my blood begin to boil and I thought bad things in my head and I whispered my judgy, angry rants in Randy's ear. One person is going to make life miserable for all of us. This is unbelievable. The passenger behind us began to increase his whisper so we could all hear him. I have a connecting flight in Minneapolis to Portland. If I'm delayed now, I will miss that flight. Maybe I should just deplane and not even go. But then people will think that I'm the one refusing to wear the mask. The air in the plane even smelled hostile. We were living what we had heard was reality on the news. The divisiveness of this country so brittle that even a spark of dissension easily causes a blaze. And so we waited. And after a few minutes, the pilot came on again. The gate. So the passenger who refuses to wear their mask can be plain. The boos and the grumbles increased, and we were all asking the same questions in our mind. Who is this person? When we returned to the gate, which seemed to take forever because O'Hare is so big, the TSA agent came aboard and stopped two rows in front of me, stood in front of a man who got up, removed his stowed luggage, and got off the plane. It was awkward. It was a tangled mess of fractured humanity and a reminder of the anger, fear, and division that live on the surface of daily life. There was no time to consider the story of this person. Not one 
ounce of empathy, just disgust and frustration. The gospel that Alan read today is not light and breezy like our weather. Jesus is in conversation with a group of Pharisees and scribes as they gather around Jesus and point out that his disciples are eating without washing their hands. It's a fair question to ask, although hand washing at that time was not a purity law for everyone. Yet Jesus senses the tainted way they ask the question, not to give life, but to take life. Yes, of course, laws are important specifically to protect the neighbor. We know that. But what is wrong is when we wield power and privilege over another and refuse to see our own brokenness because we simply want to control. I would like to tell you that I felt better for being really judgy and irate on that airplane, but I didn't. I felt worse. I realized my own impatience, my inability to see a bigger picture, how quick I was to judge and pass along my anger to fuel another. And then each time the plane moved, when we initially had departed, when we had to return to the gate, and eventually when we took off again, the flight attendants had to speak the FAA required verbiage about mask wearing. It's the script we know, right? In accordance with FAA regulations, all passengers are required to wear face coverings for the entirety of the flight, which must cover your nose and mouth even while sleeping. I knew legally they had to speak it each time the plane moved, even though they knew we had heard it clearly and were living through the implications. And each time it was spoken, it reinforced the lack of human cooperation and compassion. It was like nails on a chalkboard. I could not listen to it again. It kept reminding me of what I was not. It kept reminding everyone on the plane that we were not enough. There are so many voices that remind us of the brokenness of our human hearts. So many that we begin to believe it's true. I really wonder how Jesus showed up in a world of so much fear and brokenness. He is so specific today to name the ways we hurt. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly, didn't he just want to give up on all of this? I guess the answer is no. And so in the midst of the seemingly impossible, Jesus revealed and continues to reveal in words and actions that God came down into this broken world to save human 
hearts and to stay with those hearts when it seems hopeless, to offer and speak a word of forgiveness that we are called each and every day to begin again, to show us how to love, to take the next step towards empathy, to build community, compassion, and justice, and to show us that the human heart actually does have the capacity for good. Each and every time we gather for worship, we speak God's words of forgiveness. We start the service there. We spoke them today. I'll read them again. Beloved people of God in Jesus, who was our bread from heaven, you are fed and nourished. There is always more than enough. Through Jesus, you are shown God's mercy. You are forgiven and loved into abundant life. In just a moment, God's words will be spoken to these fresh new babies in their new life that God is with them and that we are called along with their parents and their families to walk with them in a life that is not a straight line that God promises always to be present, most especially when the world turns on them and when they turn on the world. They are called just as they are to make a difference in this world. And we are with them and God is with them as well. And we will hear Jesus' words as we share this meal. This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and all people for the forgiveness of sin. God is not giving up on me. God is not giving up on you. God is not giving up on that man who refused to wear his mask on the plane. God has not given up on this world. Do we trust these words to be true or is it just religious white noise? I wonder and I doubt myself, but we are called back to hear the voice of God in this world that speaks into all the places to remind us that we are enough, that we can make a difference. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 55 says this, for as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Even when we doubt and give up, when all we see and experience is injustice and suffering, we hear again and again that God's word, the words of Jesus spoken today, will not return empty. They will accomplish that which God purposes and succeed in which God sent it. And God chooses to use us in our broken hearts to put this world back together, 
for mercies to enter the cracks of injustice and privilege to change hearts and institutions. Maybe faith then is trusting in what God's words are already doing. That each day we are given the opportunity to begin again, to embody the forgiveness given to us, to hear another story, to listen, to see our blind spots and dare to know that human hearts can love beyond what we think is possible. As I exited the plane coming back home, I looked at one of the flight attendants in the eye and I saw her weariness. And I wondered how could she continue to show up and endure the brittleness of this time? It was like she could read my mind. She looked at me and said, most people make my work enjoyable. Clearly, she was a sign of hope that the human heart is capable of more than just evil, that a human word can remind me and you that maybe this word of God that speaks today is accomplishing that which it purposes and succeeding in what it was sent to do. Amen.